Hey, everybody, it's Mark Lee Shannon. I'm your host for Recovery Talks, the podcast. Today, we have another edition of the continuing series on grief, the excruciating pain of loss. Our guest is Zach. He's a musician. He's a troubadour. He's a yogi. And he shares the difficulties he's faced after the loss of his mother. That's coming up next on Recovery Talks, the podcast. Direct from Akron, Ohio, the epicenter of modern recovery. This is Recovery Talks, the podcast. From those in recovery to those working in recovery, meet those who are shining the light on Recovery Talks right now. We could manifest ourselves in exquisiteness every chance we get. So welcome, everybody, to this episode of Recovery Talks, the podcast. My guest today is, is Zach Friedhoff of Troubadour of Peace from Akron, Ohio. Dude, I'm taking this from your website, so you have to be responsible for it, right? Okay. His music is, is an uplifting blend of folk and soul immersed. And you know what, dude? Off page, I went back and listened to Bridges in Time, the record we did together. Has it been two years since we did that record, was it March of 2019, 2020, 2019? When was that we did that record? I think it was early 2020. It was like right before shutdowns. It caused me to to want to to reach out to the other players on that record. It's such a beautiful song. I'm telling our listeners right now, if you haven't heard Bridges in Time by Zach, you really just need to stop this podcast. Well, maybe not stop the podcast, but <laughs> but but go listen to that immediately because it features Gretchen Plus, Ben Gage, Matthew D. Robertis, and it was recorded um, in, in Kenmore, Ohio, which is a special place to my heart because it's where my mom grew up. And um, it's just an extraordinary lyric, um, feeling, and the collaboration of all the people on that record. It was just really something special for me, man. I, I listened to that record. And you know what? You and I have both done a lot of records, right? And sometimes we listen to that record and we go, I wish I would have done that part. I wish I would have done this. Or, or I really wasn't, I was, I was mad at that person that day or something, you know, or whatever our humanness goes in. But this record is such a such an expression of love. And thank you so much for letting me be a part of it, dude. You know, and to our listeners, and if you haven't heard Zach's music, you need to really just tune into it. So starting about his music, 20 years after a fatal, nearly fatal appendix rupture, ouch, you began writing and performing music in Northeast Ohio and you released your first CD. But um, from what I understand is um, you're, you've got some musical history in your family, right? I mean, there was other influences of music around you. And um, so that goes deeply and that leads us to where we are today. So this podcast today is, is a one of our series in a number of series of people that have come into my universe who have also shared the story of, of grief. And um, I don't need to tell our listeners that I went through um, a, a, a series of losses with people that were very close to me which has been very well documented in the other podcasts that we talk about. So I won't go, I won't belabor that. But um, it's something that I'm not doing so well with, you know? So I thought, you know, this is my mission to try and help other people and to be able to talk about things that I'm going through and talk about things that are in my universe that belong to me, that are human. And, you know, I think that, and this is the way the universe talks to me, right? So I woke up one morning around 4.30 in the morning and there you were. 
right? And it's like that, that feeling, and you know, probably as a writer, you you when when you wake up in the morning and that that whole thing is like coming into like get up and do this, get up and do this. That's a very powerful voice. I've learned to listen to that voice, you know. So um, I know you've experienced something that is that has been, you know, you you've been not shy about talking about it, which I think is really courageous. But tell me a little bit about, you know, what it is that that you're going through. And I know that you've you've lost some very, very dear people close to you. So why don't we start by telling me a little story? Tell me a story about that. What's going on? So, uh, you know, like many folks, the, this last year, year and a half, definitely lost a number of friends. Um, but the real big thing, um, my mom passed away last July and uh, we were very close and I had an awesome, just a great family and uh, upbringing. And so very grateful we had a really close relationship. Uh, so it was, it's been a huge loss. And my, my father passed away in 2006. So it's sort of like we have a, we had a very small family. I come from a line of very small families. So like you know, pretty much my whole bloodline fits like on a, you know, two-seater bicycle. <laughs> and, uh, so it's, um, it, it's been a loss on so many levels. Uh, you know, not only the loss of my mom, but the loss of just parents, the kind of the walking into orphanhood, the ideas just in general of, you know, what, what exactly is family? The blood aspect of family is no longer sort of the relevant piece of that puzzle. And uh, how do you kind of continue walking through life and how do you build different relationships and how does the family sort of step into some of those roles and, and play it, play a part. So that's kind of been my, my journey at the, at present, trying to figure some of those things out. So I once had a really wise person say to me, you know, because I, I struggled with some of my, you know, whenever I hear people talk about, uh, you know, I, I did some records with J.D. Iker and J.D. Iker always likes to say that he hit the lottery when he came to parents, you know what I mean? And I, I have, a, I have a, a dual reaction to that. The first thing is like, man, that's awesome. And the second reaction is, I hate you. <laughs> because my humanness, my perfect imperfection about being human says, I wanted that. I wanted that. You know, I wanted, I wanted to feel that where we are with our families, we have that blood family. And that is really unique because it is our bloodline. It is where we came from biologically. You know, there can be nothing that can take away from that. That is who we belong to. And then there's the, the people in our lives that show up when we say, please help me. And that to me defines family. You know, who do you call at two o'clock in the morning when your whole world just got turned over? You know, <laughs> you know, rainstorm, red lights flashing, dogs barking, people banging on the door. Give me $20. Who do you call when your whole world falls apart at two o'clock in the morning? That's your family. That's your family, you know? And even if they are sometimes mm -hmm. not able to, to deal with that from, you know, that person is not able to do it because they're not belong to your biological family. You know, I, I can count on my, my, my one hand, the people I will call, you know, because asking for help, Saying the words, please help me, is the hardest part of dealing with any sort of recovery. And, you know, this podcast deals with not just recovery from addiction and alcoholism, which is what, you know, I'm, I'm close to, but, but the issues of mental health when we, we find ourselves in that dark room 
unable to get up and move to even begin to turn a line on to find the door, right? And that dark room is is where I find a lot of people sitting now uh, after the pandemic, after the loss of loved ones. I mean, just just sensing, you know, the the amount of love that you're talking about now with with your mom. I mean, I don't. You don't even need to tell me the stories because I can see it right in you. I can hear it in your voice. That gentleness, right? That almost, if I talk about it, I'm not sure I can talk about it. Kind of feeling. These things happen to us. So, what do we do? What is the next step? And I, I can tell you that, that you know, for me, uh, it was just shock. You know, it was just denial, pissed, the inability to accept that it's really happening, even though I live in probably the most organic real world I can possibly live in. You know, living now, forget about the rear view mirror. Don't look too much into the big front mirror. Let's stay in this moment. And I just kept thinking to myself, especially with the the lady that I lost in my life, who was very significant in my recovery. She was an angel. She came out of nowhere to help me, right? So, and she slipped out the back door without even saying goodbye. And I just can't, couldn't, and still don't deal with that very well. You know, I've done a number of pieces. I've written things, done podcasts about it. But I mean, from your perspective and talking to our audience, you know, what was it like for you in that first few miles? What was it like that you were going through? You know, what was the experience you were having? Because when we share these experiences with other, other people recognize, hey, that's me. I feel that. I hear that. That's something I'm going through. So tell us a little bit about what that was like for you. It was and still is very intense. What's fascinating for me about all of this, like, you know, a big loss is always going to be a big loss, no matter when and where it happens in your life, no matter how long or short you've had with somebody. But I think it's interesting to experience this also in sort of a pandemic time and going through a a, a time when... um, you know, my career is put on hold, all the things I'm very passionate about kind of may may or may not ever come back and sort of sitting in that world and then experiencing a huge sort of devastating loss is, it it was uh, like being spun around and having no ability to find like where forward even could begin to be. It's just spinning and hoping for the spinning to stop. You know, I think what I saw you do is I thought you saw that you you went back to something that you could you could trust, which was being in nature and communicating to to a deep sense of an organic sense of timelessness is what I observed. Yeah, nature has always been that space for me for healing, for recharging, just to get the bigger picture, just to get um, that sense of comfort that just sense of my my place in the time and existence because it is timeless isn't it i mean the trees grow it is the grass grows there's fires that destroy great swath of land and then they they rejuvenate they come back you know i mean there's just a sense of timelessness in nature so i guess for our listeners one of the things that 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 i was able to do was just get out 
out of myself. Go out. Don't sit in what I like to say, my poopy diaper, right? I don't want to sit in that feeling of despair and loneliness, lifting up myself and moving it somewhere else, even if it's not forward. Moving somewhere was was a positive movement for us. You know what I mean? And for you, what I observed you doing, and just from your social media posts, was man, you went out and you were you just one after another, you were capturing the essence and the beauty of nature and sharing it with people. You know what I mean? And what I saw you doing as a creative artist was to say, here is my being here now movement. I can't tell you where I'm going. I can't tell you what I'm feeling, but I can tell you what this moment is right here. Maybe that's all there really is for us. So I, I get a sense that you may feel that you know you you really aren't able to explain, or you really don't feel like maybe, and I'm being presumptuous here, that you really were effective in a lot of ways of what you were doing. But I wanted you to know from an observer standpoint, I saw that. Right? I saw you just sharing, look at this. This is a feeling of the moment. Here is where it is right now. And I have no idea where it's going next, right? Because I was watching you do going, where is Zach? Where is he? What, what, is he like, is he living in his car? You know, <laughs> is he camping? Is he staying with friends? Is he cold? You look cold, dude. There's a lot of coldness. <laughs> there was a lot of pictures of like, dude, I hope you got a really good coat. Tell us about what was going on there from a perspective of, of a creative person, because you may think that the music and your creativeness stopped from your music, but dude, um, what you may not have seen is you were creating in a different way. Nature has always been that uh, source of so much for me. And, and I love sharing that. I love sharing the, the beauty because there's always beauty around us. We sometimes have to really look for it. Sometimes we don't want to see it, but it's always there. And uh, so I really enjoy looking for it, finding it and sharing it with others. And I know for me personally, there can be those moments when I get all caught up in, in my head and just uh, a reminder that there is beauty can be a huge uh, help to, st to sort of stop that cycle, even if it's just for a few moments. Um, so I love sharing those things. And uh, I, I made a pretty conscious decision um, right after my mom passed that I was going to go out and spend as much time as I could um, in the local nature and explore new trails and explore new parks. I mean, in Northeast Ohio, we are so blessed to have amazing access to green space and nature. Um, so I wanted to get out in that and explore some new things and share those explorations with folks. One of my big healing places is the mountains in Wyoming, and um, it's it's my uh, my pilgrimage spot. They were a huge source of comfort for me whenever my father passed. I went out there and spent a, a good month out there, and so this was felt like I needed to do that, and will continue to to go out there and and uh, share that. So I, I went out for for a good chunk of the winter to those mountains and. Uh, allowed myself to be very cold and to traipse through a lot of snow and really be in that space and to feel um, all of it, you know, I don't know. There's <laughs> just uh, nothing like it. I think what you're saying is, is, is super, super important. If we don't feel it, 
if we don't allow ourselves to feel it, then it's oftentimes pushed into places that for me, you know, having a propensity towards substance abuse disorder, you know, if I don't let myself feel something, you know what I mean? It doesn't go away. I mean, just by pushing it, you know, into a deeper part of a pocket, you know, it's like sticking something that smells really, really bad farther into a corner in your refrigerator. You know what I mean? Sooner or later, dude, you're going to have to clean that stuff out. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, it, it may turn like, you know, into like a, a little fuzz ball or something and stop smelling. It's still there. It's still there, you know? And so I've learned that, that you know, facing it, and, and this is a common theme that's come up with several of our guests here when we talk about this, is that it's sooner or later on whatever level that you're capable and able to do, you have to face it. You have to stare it straight on. Um, I can share with you personally, for me, the loss of my friend and bandmate. Um, it's been coming in just little small gestures where I still, in the morning, this time of year, get up and look for advances from management about the gigs. Hey, we're going to get all, everybody's going to be at the airport at this time and, and we're going to do this. And then, you know, oh, make sure you get your gear to the truck so that, you know, and the thing and the set list and, you know, Mark Lee, travel light, travel light. That was my deal. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm the multi-instrumentalist dude that plays 16 instruments. <laughs> travel light? How am I supposed to do that? You know, but I miss all that and it's not coming back. And the hardest part for me to deal with grief is to accept mm -hmm. the chapter is closed. The book is not done, but that chapter is closed. And um, I don't want it to be, and I'm pissed about it still. And that's part of my story. I do not want this. I do not want this. And I'm still in the, I do not want this part of it all. And I don't know how long that's going to last. One of our my other guest who lost her husband, again, uh, to a, a very debilitating disease, says it still she wakes up in mornings and saying, I don't want him to be gone. I don't want him to be gone. And I don't think that's changed. But I think what we learned to live with is the acceptance of letting that moment pass, feeling it, and getting up and doing whatever it is that's going to get you to the next moment. Yeah. Right. In the recovery, in the recovery community, uh, when we work with younger people that are early in recovery, we try to tell them, look, it really, you don't think about staying sober, you know, for 10 years. That's not important. What's important is just today, just here. Right. And if you can't do it here, then just try to get to like lunchtime. And if you can't get that, then just get through this cup of coffee, <laughs> you know? And if you can't do that, you just kind of take a deep breath and close your eyes and get through this second. Those things I think are, are very common when I'm hearing from everyone that's expressed to me how they're coping and dealing with grief, you know, and how they're getting through each moment. We find the ways that resonate with us that make the most sense to us in our own unique personal story. And what I'm hearing you say is for you, it was getting up and out and into your safe place, which was nature, you know? And, and I think that that's, that's probably something that's really, really useful for a lot, for a lot of people that are maybe listening to this podcast when they're saying, well, how do I, how do I get through this next moment? Well, maybe it's planning on taking a walk at lunch. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, maybe that's it. It's definitely my go-to. It always is. And I mean, you know, grief, is uh 
all as you know takes over all aspects of us. It's an emotional thing. It's a mental thing. It's a physical thing. It sits in our bodies and being able to have any tools for all of those aspects is really helpful and getting outside, you know, helps physically allow the body to, to move in some different ways and allow some of that to be worked around and kind of felt. And you can just feel the breeze and listen to the trees and the birds. And it just, uh, kind of helps remind you that the world spins and every day we wake up and every day the sun is there and every day the the moon is there and every day, you know, the clouds just kind of come and go and um, it keeps moving on. It reminds us that there's a bit of that continuity. No matter I know. What. Right. <laughs> I find when I'm talking to people that have a difficulty with a higher power, right. Okay. I often, I often like to say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure I have your answer to that. And I, I think I've got my answer to that, but I can tell you that there is certainly something out there and they're like, well, you know, I said, well, let's just consider the fact that, um, Neither one of us can stop the sun from coming up tomorrow. Neither one of us can stop the rainstorm that may hit us today at 4 p.m. You know what I mean? And I think there's probably a power at work there that's greater than us that's working. And I think that's really the first concept step to say, maybe there are things out there that are working in a way that we don't understand and may never be able to comprehend or control that are certainly a higher, higher, greater power than us. I know... You are you are a yogi and you lead meditation. You're co-director of the Yoga Summit of Ohio. Tell me how your yoga practice has played into your journey through this grief process, which of course will all, as all journeys do, my friend, have a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? They all do. It will happen. It does happen. Only thing is, like some point you're thinking, I'm keep looking at this freaking map, man. Are we not are we there yet, Dad? Are we there? You know, because I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm like, I'm looking at the map going, we've, I've been traveling this long and I've only gone this far, you know? And that's what it feels like for me on my grief journey at this point. What would you say to somebody that is like me, maybe not an experienced, uh, from a skill set in yoga, but, you know, enjoy the practice. What would you say as far as using that from your position on how that can help you coping with grief? My personal practice has definitely changed throughout this whole process, but I'm so grateful for it. I don't really know where I would be without it. Uh, it's given me so much, so many tools and coping mechanisms and ha has prior to all of this helped me to get to a place of contentment and gratitude that, you know, had this happened 10 years ago, I'm not sure how I would have dealt with it or how I would have been able to, or that I would have been able to, and it could have been, I don't, I don't even want to <laughs> think about how that could have kind of played out. But um, a big part of my practice is gratitude. And uh, I think meditation helps us or helps me to understand gratitude, you know, a little bit deeper, peeling that onion back a little bit more every, every time I sit and breathe and, uh, you know, always find some more things to be grateful and always can find something to be grateful for. And I'm always given things to be grateful for. Very, very blessed about that. And it's been, it's been a wild experience to, to sit back through this and, and on one hand 
feel like the most excruciating, breaking, wrenching grief. And at the same exact time, on the other hand, feel just immense gratitude. Um, I, I've had so many blessings and I had such a great relationship with my mom and both my parents. And I, we were able to always tell each other that we loved each other. And I don't feel like there's anything that was left unsaid or, you know, I'm so grateful. Mo many people don't get those experiences, don't get to have that closure. They don't get to have that sense of closeness or feeling or love. And, you know, I'm very aware that that is uh, a rare, sadly rare, a rare occurrence. And so I'm so grateful for that gift. And it's, um, it's been, it's been, it's a, it's a weird thing to feel both like Im immensely grateful and immensely broken and in grief at the same time and just sort of hold both of those things. It's, it's, um, you know, I think that's another thing that meditation has helped me with and yoga in particular, letting go of control of things and being able to understand that multiple things can be true at the same time and that you can have gratitude and grief at the same time. You can be immensely depressed and grateful at the exact same time and that it's just, it's there. It's human experience. And, you know, it's certainly weird and we want to put words around it or we want to box it into something. Um, but you can sit and feel them. And, uh, you know, I'm one of the things I'm, I'm grateful for, again, you know, I mentioned it's, it's really odd to be going through such a grieving process during, you know, pandemic and a time when we're supposed to be kind of cordoned off and alone and all these things. And, and, and yet one of the, the great gratitudes of that is it's really forced me to sit and feel it. Um, I know when my, when my dad passed, um, I took a, like I said, I took about a month that I went into the mountains, but otherwise, like I played a show that night that he passed. So it's like, that's what I would have been doing if this was a normal, if this wasn't in a pandemic world as I would be taking on all the gigs that I could take. I would have been walking right into a very busy summer season and it would have just been, I'm feeling these things and I'm expressing them a little bit through music, but most of it's getting put away in a box that I'll deal with some other time, you know, or I'll, I'll pick and choose emotions over the next 30 years that will just sort of one at a time be dealt with. And so um, I'm really grateful that I've had the, that this has stripped me of all of those distractions and all of those other things that I probably would have done and has really forced me to sit down and say, no, you're going to stare at this. You're going to deal with it. You're going to sit with it. You're going to feel every inch of this. It's going to work through every cell in your body. And it's going to be the most unpleasant thing that you're ever going to deal with. And yet you're going to sit and do it and you're going to breathe through it and you're going to find a way to just keep breathing and keep walking through it. And that sun's going to keep shining in the morning and the moon's going to keep coming up and um, you're just going to keep breathing through it all. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for it. I, I wouldn't want it any other way, I guess, <laughs> as, as awful as it is. <laughs> As creative artists, people always say to me, you know, where, where does that where does that come from? You know, where, where, where does that work you did come from? Mark, where's that song come from? And I, and I, I like to, to believe it's a combination of, as an artist, we set the table, right? We get everything ready, prepared. We sit down at the table. And then we kind of wait for the chef to serve the dinner, right? Because I believe that it doesn't necessarily come from me. 
it comes through me, right? And I have to be ready to be able to let it pass through me. Now, now I'm responsible for sitting down on a regular basis. I'm responsible for the crappy first drafts of the songs or the demos. I'm responsible for that. But the end of the work where it comes from, the ideas, what the songs are about, what the, the podcast is about, what the, you know, the article that I may be writing, what it's about, that's right out here and you just got to grab it. And I think what you're talking about is, is, if I could relate to you from artist to artist, is what you're going through right now, you know, it's in the soup right? And you may not be ladling that part of it out today to serve the audience, or maybe that part is served privately to yourself alone, right? But I think when we're really doing our best work is when we're just serving it. And sometimes that means sharing our story so that other people can see they're not any different than everyone else. Everyone goes through this experience. We're all the same human being. We're exactly the same. All 7.6 billion of us are exactly the same in, a, in so many ways, more ways than we are not. You know what I mean? And I, and I like to like to tell stories about, you know, how the, the Dalai Lama uh, will always tell the story of, you know, how, you know, he met with the Chinese and they were all stern and everything like this. And, and nobody was talking to each other because, you know, they had this big conflict they were going through. And somebody accidentally knocked over, you know, a bowl of oranges and everyone from the soldiers to the militaries all bent down quickly to pick them up together. You know, everyone in that moment realized, oh, oh, let's pick up these oranges together. There was a moment of humanity there. And then everyone in the room sort of got it that we're all the same human being. We all need to pick up the oranges, right? And it broke the ice. Of course, I don't know how the results ended to that meeting. I can only guess, and I don't want to spoil the story because I think I do know. But the reality of it all is, is that we take what we're given and we go on with it. And we have to. And that's how we earn our stripes. You know, like those military unions, uniforms that the old master sergeants got to wear where they had all those stripes on their left hash mark, you know. Um, I like to think about those guys. Yeah, they've got all those there, but they earned them. They earned them. And I think that through this grief process we're going through, even though it's really shitty and I don't like it, and they'll probably bleep what I just said, but we're earning our stripes here. And we're, our job here as humans on this earth is to find a way to share and to help others divide their, their hurt, right? If we can share our pain, it gets divided. Us, you, me talking with you about this divides my pain about my loss, you know? And so I think that there's nothing else we learn here about the topic of grief. If there's nothing else we learn, when it's shared, it's divided. And you just can't hold it all in. It just, it's just not right for us. So moving forward, you know, with you, what's next, man? You know, what's next? I mean, obviously besides lunch, you know, <laughs> oh, you got your smoothie though. I mean, what is, I mean, I noticed that you're, you're beginning to start to do some work. I, heard, I saw something on the book of faces about you beginning to do some work addressing this topic in public. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I'm starting to do a few things. I'm, I'm starting to do see what performance means uh, in coming out of this and how to, you know, I think it's like you had just said, I think it's really important that we are really open and willing to talk about grief. You know, all, all of our emotions are human and 
all that means all of our emotions are talkable and discussable and um they're really only scary because we don't talk about them they're really only overwhelming because we have no one to share them with or we don't feel that we can and so we have to hold all of that and you know that's that's not that's not what these experiences are for you know like that's what you had said we we go through these things and we have our, our opportunity to then share what happened and that helps that helps all of us that helps our our humanity kind of take our steps forward and we've for, for too long really relegated things like grief and death to that place of unspeakableness we hide it away we don't want to talk about it we're uncomfortable it makes everyone uncomfortable but yet it's the one thing that no one can get away from no there is not one person that's not going to experience grief there's not one person that's not going to die that's not going to experience some sort of death and you know it's life it's all part of life you get born in that's that's the that's the uh the game that we get to play when when we take our first breath is that there will be a last breath and we have the opportunity to talk about it and to be not afraid of it and to deal with it doesn't make it pleasant but you know it's certainly more pleasant to not talk about it and to just keep it being this terrifying specter that just uh haunts us all the time so i'm i'm hoping to find ways through music and through performance that i can Trust that and create some space for it. Um, I'm also get it going through my sort of final training um, in being a death doula to help with uh, that stage of life and, and passing. It's something I've been interested in a while, and this just sort of seemed to be the right time to, to finally walk into that, both personally and sort of in a, a worldwide sense. You know, I feel very, I just feel very called to that aspect of trying to use my experience my pain in my voice to help others talk about it <laughs> help help make it a normal thing it's it's life you know and that's the be beautiful thing about it it's the the ending the ending chapter is what makes the book exciting yeah you know i mean i so get that man. a book never ends is just what what is it's why 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 read it <laughs> well you know well i just want to say we've been talking with zach um a, an extraordinary person in the area of Northeast Ohio on so many levels. And thank you so much for coming and sharing, which is a very deep, deep part of your soul with us. And you should know that someone we probably will never meet and never know will listen to this podcast and feel a sense of lightness because they realize that other people out there feel the same way they do. So in that essence, we do we do good things, you know, and uh, I've always felt that, you know, that was one of the things that that a, an old guy told me an early part of 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 playing music. He said, you know, the reason you're here is for the people you'll never meet that put your music on and feel a sense of incredible lightness of being from the moment we're doing right now. And it was one of my very first early recording sessions. And I just never forgot that that phrase of someone I would never meet, right? And that gave it a sense of purpose and meaning, right? So that I really, even today when I'm recording, I always remember those words being set up, you know, someone you might never meet is going to hear this and it might just get them through the afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
it just, it's what it's all about. And you're doing that work. And I want to congratulate you and thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you. So, um, if you, if our listeners want to hear other episodes, of course, if you found us now, you found us because you've gone to recoverytalks.org. But, um, you know, Zach, why don't you tell our, our, our listeners where they can find you and your music now? Easiest spot is my website, zachmusic.net, Z-A-C-H music.net. And then music is available everywhere that you find music online. I've also got, uh, there's there's sort of photo, photo books and photo meditations on my website that you can uh, download. Um, I'm on Instagram, Zach Brightlights, and uh, I try to post uh, all of the nature that I can find around me there. So that's a nice spot. Check it out as well as Facebook and all those kinds of places that I that I dabble around in. And <laughs> to all of our listeners, I want to say thank you for hanging with us with this edition of Recovery Talks, the podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes and more guests as they share their journey from sometimes the darkness into the ultimate light. And until then, please stay standing, everyone, and steady on.